Oh, hello. Good evening. Oh, sorry. Good afternoon, everybody. So, welcome to this impromptu episode, episode 38 of Data Read with Wallet. And, and uh, I just figured that we, we should have a discussion on the most important political development in Singapore of the past few years. One of the most important announcements in our history the announcement that uh, Minister Lawrence Wong is PM designate and what does that mean and uh, what we can expect and you know what are the issues and what, what do people feel about him and I thought I didn't have anybody uh, on lined up uh, but there were a few people who said they wanted to come on so maybe we'll just do this I'll just see whoever sends me a request and then we can have like five to ten minutes of discussions with that person and then somebody else who wants to send in a request you guys can go ahead and then so so the first person will leave and then the next person will come and so on so this is like a meet the people session for for theta resolve and then you can share your thoughts and you can ask questions and i can ask you questions as well okay so okay so so trevor i've never met you uh before uh you want to introduce yourself first okay hear me Yes, yes. Can hear you. Uh, yeah, hi. My, I'm, um, yeah, I'm Trevor Tay. I'm uh, 25 this year. I'm, uh, I'm studying international relations at uh, SIM Global, UOL, University of London. Okay, yeah. okay. Nice, uh, nice. Dr. Felix was my international relations lecturer. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, so you yeah. were in good hands. Yeah. yeah. So, Saishu? Yes, so I'm Saishu. I'm currently year three. I think probably we did a Malaysian politics dialogue I think in September, but yeah, just a few months back. Yeah, we met there. Yeah. Yes, you're, you're at NUS, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So, okay, so what, what do you guys think? Uh, what, what is, what are people talking about or what are people saying on the grapevine about Lawrence Wong becoming PM? Okay, okay, I should go first. Okay, uh, I honestly think I kind of expected at this point so I think given the president of the finance minister usually being either DPM or PM, I thought there was sort of a clear indicator that he was somewhat a front runner. And especially with the budget speech, if you notice the last 10-15 minutes, it felt like a mini national day. So yeah, mm. yeah. Yes, that's his audition tape. He's showing off now and it's gonna happen. Yeah. Right. How about you, Trevor? Uh I think for me. I guess the key, one of the key moments was, for example, I think last year in June, I can't remember the content of the speech, but uh, it was when he gave that speech on race, which was, I, I think, kind of like way out of his portfolio yeah. of COVID. Yeah. I think at that point, I think he's starting to come out of that minister box, so to speak, and then speaking beyond his portfolio. So I think that was one, one key moment, but I think I think what's also clear is what he didn't do compared to maybe the two others. Like, I think Ong Kang and um, Chan Chun Seng maybe have said and done things that Chan Chun Seng. may have been controversial. Sorry, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, may have done yeah, uh, yeah, I can. certain controversial So what, what, what was are, it that uh, Minister Ong did that was controversial? I don't know. I guess the one that comes to mind was the one on... Um, Remember that, that one where he cited Safian uh, 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 Saad's... Uh, ah, okay, right. Maybe, maybe that's one. Then, 
Chen Chun Sing, yeah, well, there was a couple of instances, I guess. Yeah, but but I guess I guess Lawrence didn't have those, didn't end up in those situations. So okay, but maybe I'm overplaying this. I'm overplaying this aspect. But I think the speech on race, I think at that point he's, I would say that that is quite a, quite a big moment for him. Yeah, maybe putting yeah. all those stuff aside. No, I, I I agree, I agree. I think that as in that was a big moment, as in that was a, yeah. a signal. Uh, and I also mm. think, and he did he did pretty okay in that as well, right? Mm. So yeah. by the way, if you if you guys just joined us, so this is a like a meet the people session, okay? So every ten minutes we are gonna rotate guests. So whoever wants to mm. join, please comment in the comment section, right? Otherwise, the two of them will be here the whole time. So if you mm. want to come on, just uh, just type it there. Okay, so um, how do, how do younger people feel about uh, Lawrence Wong? Okay, um, okay, I met Lawrence Wong before in the dialogue. Oh, oh, oh! Now, now we're just flexing, is it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I met I met Chan Chan Chun Sing is my neighbor. <laughs> no, but okay, honestly, I feel like very people person, people centric person, and he's from the interactions I had, he's quite a good listener. So I get I get the vibe that people actually like him a lot as a person, and I think that's part of it. And I think looking at his social media presence, especially in the last year, you can tell that he's really trying to sort of change his people's perception, make him more likable, and especially his TikTok. His TikTok is getting million views, and it shows that. Uh, and I cannot understand. Is is literally him walking, taking off the mask, and he got like a few hundred thousand. Like I just like it's mind blowing to me. Yeah, but so, it's I mean, literally a man walking, yeah. taking off his mask, putting back on, and like this. <laughs> but you know, TikTok is a different world. Yeah, yeah but it shows that he's very much in touch with young people and their interests. Mm. I'm the best way to find new ways in order to engage and connect with them. And mm. because of that, I think it's going to increase um, sort of online presence and engagement. And so, in the eye of the public, especially young people, my friend, they like him much more as well. And I think that's also a significant reason in why he as one of those top two picks. Okay. So, uh, Trevor, is that consistent with what your friends think as well? Uh, to, to be honest, I, I don't... I mean, at least my circle of friends, I mean, it's not like every other day they're talking about, oh, what, what did Lawrence do? Or Why? Media. Why are they not I talking mean, about it every other day? I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it might come up, but it's not like, hey, did, did you see Lawrence do do that video no I, I i guess i mean i don't know whether it's just my circle but it didn't come up as in for me i i myself maybe i'm not so like um i'm not so i don't overly focus on the social media aspect yeah so maybe i'm a bit too traditional oh okay yeah, you're but, 25 but right didn't say anything yeah didn't say anything about that walk or no what what about him in general what, oh, what's the vibe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the vibe? Um, I think when I discuss with my classmates, I I guess the vibe is is quite okay, lah. I mean, there's no like strong. At least yeah. when I talk to my friends, there's no strong negative. Like, right, oh, right. but you know, he he did this, and I'm quite not happy with that. No, there's no like negatives in the conversation. So like, I guess maybe most. I would say I see him and maybe some of my peers see him as a steady pair of hands kind of person. No, no negatives coming out. Lah. Yeah. Okay. 
Interesting how, because what you described was what, exactly what somebody else uh, texted me just now. Like mm. they say they have, and it's quite, it's quite telling also. Uh, mm. In in a neutral way, it's quite telling that mm. when people say, "Oh, Lawrence Wong," I I don't think he has any screw ups or no. Lawrence Wong, I mean, he's not not likable. Instead of "Oh, he's so likable," <laughs> or "He's so this," right? Uh, it's quite telling, but I guess that's also reflective of how he, in a way, he sort of came out of nowhere, right? Like because of he probably wouldn't have been prime minister without COVID, right? Yeah. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't in the in the top uh, two candidates that were uh, talked about. In fact, he wasn't the DPM candidate prior to this, right? It was uh, DPM Hing and Minister Chan Chun Singh. Uh, so, I guess a lot of people still do not know. Most Singaporeans still do not know much about him, which is why I think there were a few articles in the media today trying to humanize Minister Lawrence Wong about how he plays guitar and whatever. There are eight things about him and he's a guitar player, right? Because, you know, Singaporeans need that, those really useful information, right? And, uh, <laughs> our mainstream media always living up to expectations. Yeah, so uh, what, do you, what do you want or expect to see? From the 4G, well, the moment they, they assume uh, leadership positions, as in uh, when they are in church, not, not now, I mean they are already assuming leadership positions, but when they are actually in church, what do you expect to see? Or what do you want to see? Maybe those are two different questions. I think in, I would expect much more engagement with people. I think that's something we're seeing a lot as of late. Especially if they adopt more of social media platforms, you will see much more frequent engagement regular engagement and to actually hear people out much often mm. and so i would assume that would become a norm under the 4g especially as they begin to adopt technology much more so yeah i think that's something i'll expect yeah so somebody said we can definitely expect more tiktoks and i i oh my god i hope not man but i mean unfortunately we will see more but yeah <laughs> uh mm. but yeah that's that ship had still uh so yeah trevor um Expectations for Lawrence Wong. I, I guess I, I don't re I didn't really have much um, specifically, but I, I guess what what I do what sorry what what I do have is uh, hope is that um, going forward when in the kind of politics that the PAP practices, especially say in in a general election campaign, um, I mean I hope we, I, I hope that he tries to have a or have a strategy where at least the PAP doesn't try to go too negative. Mm. Practice a kind right. of, um, although it's very cliche to say this, uh, kinder, gentler. Right, right. So, gentler, so, so not GE 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, reason uh, to less draconian measures yeah. and less harshness towards... More, wow. kind of more Taman and less less who? Okay, don't need, don't need to say less who. Okay? <laughs> okay. Just more Taman. <laughs> okay. okay, all right. So, uh, anything else you wanted to say? Uh, Elvin, Dr. Elvin Ong wants to join as well. Any anything you anything you guys want to get off your chests? Uh, okay, I think just one. Yes, okay. carry on, carry on. I'm curious to see how the shuffle will come along. The shuffle, like. Honestly, I'm not sure how they can shuffle, but considering the most recent one was last year. So I'm interested to see what will happen with that. And I think we have a clear indicator of maybe whether anyone else will become a DPM going forward. 
especially once Lawrence one becomes PM. Any yeah. preference for you? Okay, um, I'm honestly I think the Hengsu kid will take a, take a step back. That's what I think. And Hot Cake, I think Shan Mukum will be one of the DPM together with Ong Kang. Yeah, so that's what I think will happen. Uh, okay. Can I? Can I just? Yeah, carry on, carry on, Trevor. Uh, I guess two things, a few things on my chest. Uh, I would say one. I think one issue he he should try to move a bit more, make more moves on. I'm not sure whether that means changing the minister. I think it's housing. When it comes to public housing, I, I mean, some some of some some people I I spoke to felt that uh, for example, um, the current housing minister may not be pushing hard enough. Like in terms of, yeah. So so I mean, this what some people have told me. So I'm not sure. In terms of what? In terms of what? Like, the the sense I get uh, again, this coming from one person. Uh, I don't know how reflective this is, but uh, <laughs> one person feels that someone feels that told me feels that he he doesn't he's not proactive enough. The the person in charge of house the minister in charge of housing. So I'm not sure lah. Uh, I mean, could be could be one person's view, but I think that's one. I think the second one is um, what I would be interested to see or know is is um, yeah, who how he how he uh yeah. So housing is one. I think the second one is whether he would call a snap election now, or would he try to get a personal mandate as as soon as he can or would ah okay yeah right would he run yeah. out the term. Yeah. yeah, I I wanted to talk about those those two things that you guys raised okay. as well. So probably I'll address it later. So the the yeah. next election and the three G in the four G cabinet. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. Okay, thank you so much, boys. Yeah. Uh, is guys, it is it possible thanks. for you guys to leave the conversation? Yeah. Because if yeah, I end, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, let's let's try. We are work, we are figuring this out. So I'll invite uh Elvin uh Doctor Elvin Ong. He is a political scientist from NUS. He said he wanted to come on. And if anybody else wants to come on, please feel free to type in the chat. By the way, Hanis, I just took booster, so I cannot play next Friday. <laughs> Hi, Elvin. Thank you for joining me. What is it that you wanted to get off your chest? <laughs> I don't really have uh, anything particular to get off my chest. Uh, I was just thinking about like it's quite uh, revealing. The PMD's press statement was quite revealing about the selection process. Uh, he mentioned that it was the cabinet who sort of voted on uh, who would be the next prime minister, and uh, there was overwhelming majority support yeah. for him. And so, of course, the question is. Uh, how overwhelming is overwhelming majority yeah. support, and yeah. also uh, in terms of uh, the idea that it wasn't selected by the rest of the four G leaders, but it was selected by the cabinet, and so that's a but 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 they did say it wasn't the S. I think uh, the PM and SM were not consulted, but it was the four G team that. Uh, oh, the rest that of decided. the cabinet. The rest of the cabinet included. Uh, Includes a lot of non 4G leaders, right? So yes, yes, yes. Example, correct, correct. Yeah. Minister, so, yeah, yeah, and and interestingly, also, um, the way the the phrasing of these things are sometimes uh, revealing, also, right? So overwhelming majority, meaning 
overwhelming majority had Lawrence as first choice or overwhelming majority said, oh, we are okay with Lawrence. We are also okay with this. Right? this. <laughs> so it seems, I mean, the, I did, I did uh, look at it and the phrasing seemed a little, a little uh, vague. Right, but I I would say it's a positive uh, step, right? That they have finally announced because I feel before this, like everything, everything that we, uh, everything that they did, right? People tended to interpret it rightly or wrongly through the lens of this leadership tussle, if I could call it that. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's good that they have clarified on paper what is the particular process. And if necessary, you know, this would be seen as a particular benchmark uh, for uh, future leadership successions if necessary. Previously, Go Chok Tong had mentioned that when he was transitioning to Prime Minister Lee Hsien Long, he tried to institute a certain process, yes, right? But it wasn't yeah. really on paper. It wasn't right. uh, mentioned directly. I think he vaguely mentioned that there was some sort of process in particular the AP party newsletter. Yeah. Uh, and even the process from uh, Mr. Lee Kuan Yew to Minister Go Chok Tong, uh, that was kind of revealed in, in his book, in his biography, Correct. right? So yeah. those were not really explicitly written down, but now we see the process written down uh, yeah. as written by uh, PM. Yeah, I, I, you're right. So it's written in the press statement, right? But at the end of the day, the PM still has the power to to choose, right? If he so wished. Like all three of them. Oh, uh, of course it could be. Yeah. But, but they didn't. Yeah. They, they chose to institute certain things because it's not in the party constitution, for instance, that they have to choose. Yeah, it's it definitely in particular not way. in the yeah. party. Definitely not in the party constitution. But of course, the, the prime minister's choice was not uh, solicited and the SM choice was not yes. solicited. But Correct. that doesn't necessarily mean that the prime minister doesn't have influence of course. over the choice right yeah 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 or, or the prime minister doesn't have a preference also right i mean it can it cannot be right that that the prime minister doesn't have influence uh, but i think it was uh it was quite it was in line with uh what uh esm go tried to do also right basically letting the next generation choose and basically what Lee Kuan Yew did as well right so even and Lee Kuan Yew was even more explicit right his choice wasn't Go talk to him, right? uh, but he wanted, and which I which I think is a smart thing to do because ultimately the four G has to contend with the leader, right? So now what happens, Elvin? So uh, Shehui asked, what could be key issues to contend with, right? And there are two ways to think about this, right? One is uh, long term. What are the key issues to contend with for for Minister Lawrence Wong? But secondly, right, even even more short term than that, right? Uh, there were three contenders and there were there is one winner, right? So, uh, I mean, that's that's the only way we sh we can view it, right? So, what happens to the other two and what happens to the party uh, dynamics now? Yeah, so a uh, key question, of course, is who will be the deputy to Lawrence Wong? And uh, there are two ways to look at it. Either they could kick that question down the road to the Central Executive Committee elections at the end of this year uh, for the PAP, or uh, in the upcoming cabinet reshuffle, they could announce, right? So yeah. if Lawrence Wong is one of the DPMs, that another DPM could be seen as his deputy, if it's a 4G leader. Right. Uh, if the, the other DPM is not a 4G leader, then 
they could be potentially kicking it uh, down the road uh, in terms of that would be the the, the key short term issue like see who is the next step and of course uh, the cabinet lineup that is going to be changed uh, that will be pretty intriguing as well because we should expect some senior ministers to better step down uh, yeah. and, and I think it's, it's it's time for some senior ministers to step down yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, when, if and when uh, Minister Lawrence Wong takes over as well, I do think PM Lee will, would probably be in the cabinet still, probably as senior minister. And I think, uh, I actually think many Singaporeans would, uh, would welcome that. Uh, the other thing is, I think Minister Shanmugam is going to be in the cabinet as well, right? Uh, of and, course, so the, the, <laughs> well, of the course. Retire, if there are any retirements... <laughs> Right, there may be uh, some retirements, but uh, some will still stay. Right? For sure, for uh, sure, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And amongst the retirements, I don't think Minister Shan will be amongst the retirements. Yeah, still. and in fact, I, I think even when Lawrence becomes PM, I think Minister Shan will still be there. Uh, and uh, there will be, they, they will still need a couple of senior figures in the, hands in the to cabinet. guide cabinet yeah like absolutely that. absolutely yeah so yeah, but uh, in um, one more point is in the medium to longer term i actually don't think it's so much about who are the political leaders i absolutely. think uh, a key issue in the next two to three years approaching the elections will be in terms of economics in terms of inflation in terms of whether business wages are rising gst in gst right if People feel that prices are rising, their wages are declining in real terms, they just, the quality of life decreases, uh, then there might be, uh, no matter who that new leadership might be, that that could be an issue for uh, for having more PAP votes. Right? So I think the economy, how the economy uh, is doing um, in translation into people's wages and inflation control, uh, will be a key issue in the next two to three years. Yeah, absolutely. And and if we really think about it, right, what what actually are substantive differences between ministers Lawrence Wong, Chan Chun Singh, and Ong Ye Kung, right? Other than they all have their own style, right? Which matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, right? Because politics a lot of times is also about optics, right? But ideologically, philosophically, policy-wise, right? Are there really important substantive differences i would say not really of course there will be differences like there will be differences between any two human beings but on the core issues i do not think that there are major differences what do you think um i think from the budget speech just inferring from the budget speech that mr lawrence wong gave he might be a little bit more inclined towards uh more progressive stances on things like income inequality so being, yeah. to, being willing to raise taxes uh, yeah. on the rich being able uh, being more willing to provide more distribution yeah do you think that's a lawrence wong thing or do you think the 4g has no choice but to move left economically they probably are not going to move left politically anytime soon well, well well i hope they do but economically i i don't think they have a choice right so whether it's Ong Ikang or Chan Chun Singh, they probably would have to do that because of um, whatever. Yeah. They probably all have to do that, but I think it's a matter of degree rather than type, right? 
So uh, amongst the three of them, my inference from the, their speeches uh, is that uh, Lawrence one is probably more in the middle of uh, their degree of uh, stance towards redistribution and raising taxes on the rich and imposing a carbon tax, uh, mm. that sort of thing. Um, of course, we can't predict what will Transcend implement if he was a finance minister. Yeah, yeah. We can't predict what will Ongi Khan implement if he was a finance minister. Yeah. But my sense is that uh, Mr. Chandran Singh is a little bit more pro-business, perhaps, uh, given his experience in uh, Ministry of Trade Industry. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, by the way, anybody else who wants to join, please feel free to type in the comments, right? So, what, what is one thing you would want to see from the 4G, Elvin? <laughs> one, one thing I would like to see from the 4G is actually... Uh, more progressive uh, tax policies in terms of the income inequality, actually. More so, so than now? Oh, definitely. I think uh, in terms of the budget that was presented uh, just a couple of months ago, although there was a rise in uh, income tax, uh, although there was rise in property tax for the rich, I think the scope and degree of increase could be more uh, rather than just a small 1% to 2% increase. Uh, that really seemed like somewhat symbolic increases to me and not really substantive increases with real bite, right? And if we had a little bit more uh, substantive increases in real bite, uh, we could uh, have uh, more revenue intake to um, deal with uh, redistribution and uh, better policies for uh, the low income. So, okay. So that is so economics is something that I, I, I think uh, we can see if there's a subtle shift uh, in in terms of the economic model. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think uh, there has been uh, there have been gradual, gradual, perhaps glacial, but it's discernible uh, movements leftwards economically at least. I think yeah. uh, I think for sure. Anything else you wanted to add, Elvin? Or get off your chest. Nothing I know much probably the media, the media has been contacting you, right? To, for comments. So you as well. <laughs> sorry, uh, who sorry, do you, who would you want to be the deputy of? Yeah, I, I am a fan of Chan Jun Singh, as you know, right? I, I'm probably in the minority of Singaporeans who. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> uh, so I think he probably would. Uh, would be and in the first place he was supposed to be deputy to DPM Heng also right uh, I think would and I think he probably is the preferred choice of many important figures within the PAP as well not the majority but many important figures and I think the DPM role probably suits him uh, currently because I think he his street cred is not that high with the average Singaporean. <laughs> So, and, and to be PM, you know, where you're going to be public-facing, you're going to sell a lot of policies to the people, right? You need to be... And okay, even the best case scenario is you are very liked and you are likable. But if not, you cannot be disliked, right? You need to be at least tolerated. Like somebody uh, somebody said to me just now, oh, Lawrence Wong, my, my reaction was meh. Like, and that's not, that's not such a bad thing as long as... Oh my god, I don't want him to be PM. I'm like, okay, if he's PM, I'm okay with it. If he's not PM, I'm okay with it. I guess 
that's that's pretty all right. Uh, an all right situation for Lawrence Wong. At least all right starting point, right? Of course, I think he needs to. Uh, I think the 4G as a whole needs to reconnect with the ground. Yeah. So not not just him. I think the 4G as a whole. Uh, what do you mean by reconnecting with the ground? Yeah. So so I do think that. It's not the first time because sometimes we we like to romanticize the past also, right? So, and we think of the PAP, and we have a very presentist point of view, and we think that oh, now is the worst time for the PAP. Whereas even if you look at Lee Kuan Yew's final two elections, his vote share was on the decline. Even uh, PM Lee's vote share uh, was on the decline. Uh, had been on the decline other than 2015, of course. Um, the party as a whole, not not him personally. Uh, but I do feel that there is a difference in terms of the criticisms directed towards the 4G. In the past, right, I don't think people ever doubted the PAP's competence. Right? Their their criticisms would be, oh, they are so authoritarian, oh, they are so harsh. But nobody nobody says that Lee Kuan Yew or Go Chok Tong or PM Lee or Minister Shanmugam, right? For all the criticisms, people especially uh, the more liberal uh, people uh, put forth against him they they've never questioned his competence you know so this and i do feel there is an element which is different for the 4g and that's why you hear things like oh the 4g don't know what they're doing you know uh, they're flip flopping this whole time partly partly unfairly because of the circumstances of covid but partly because they have been sending mixed messages as well <laughs> Right, so I do feel that this line of criticism towards the PAP is probably new, and they need to reconnect with the ground to overcome that. What What do you think? Well, so you say that currently the 4G leadership have a problem with public perception of their competence. I do think and so. If, a comparative, the, yeah. Com and if there's a pub, if there's a public perception problem of their competence so they need to reconnect with the ground to better their public perception so would you see is it a but that assumes that that's a perception problem not a real competence <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah so it could be it could be both right uh, but even if it's a uh uh only a even if it's not just a perception problem they they can still try to overcome that some right, of the perceptions, right. right? So they can still right, count, right. right? I mean, so so it it could be, it could be also. But you know, again, it, when PM Lee was taking over, there were similar perceptions as mm. well, right? Mm. Right. Mm. So maybe maybe all the forging it is time, and maybe that's true mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, true. Uh, time yeah. to allow their policies to correct the truth to be implemented to, to actually yes, show and to come into their own to come into their own right now they are still in the shadow of of the 3G right so i do think that to be and you know i think most most reasonable people you don't want Lawrence Wong to fail right because mm. if he succeeds singapore succeeds right as a pm so we don't want that uh, we don't want uh, them to fail so so hopefully maybe i think they need to be given some time but the other thing also uh, Minister Lawrence Wong has been in cabinet. Uh, he's been in cabinet for ten years, uh, yes. plus minus, uh, and already announced as prime minister, right? So, whereas previously, you know, they had a longer, longer runway, so to speak, right? But that longer runway thing is also a very Singaporean thing in most countries, right? In other countries, right? Today you're the leader of the opposition. Tomorrow you immediately like no, no government experience at all, and you know the countries do not 
crumble or anything because assuming you still have a good enough civil service that you know about your wife is also a competent civil servant right so and the civil service is uh is pretty good also but that, that that doesn't mean the leadership doesn't matter it matters as well so what do you think uh, do you think i'm right about how people perceive the 4g and there's a difference i i do think that uh there could be a perception issue about their competence and to the extent that if there is this perception issue the question is why is there such a perception issue and how they can go about doing it and i think uh there there could be two reasons why they they have such a perception issue number one is they are still not given enough responsibility to implement what they right. want to do right so uh the next cabinet reshuffle will therefore be very important because hopefully we'll see more 4G leaders stepping up to taking more responsibilities taking more portfolios to implement what they want to do and we can see the fruits of what they are doing which ones uh, which ones specifically you want the 4G to take over um i think uh defense is a particular area uh, minister ngenken has been there for a very long time uh maybe uh trade and industry is another important area as well we need to potentially rethink um, our uh, economic model uh, so those would be two particular areas uh, that yeah. i think the 4g could potentially really stamp the mark right right so uh, i don't i don't say mha or main law well i mean that's not going to happen <laughs> not now maybe not you now, know right? uh, oh you think so It, it could be possible right currently uh minister edwin tong he is uh minister for uh community yeah MC, yeah mccy yeah 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 mccy uh of course he has a legal background so he could be well positioned to take over as minister for law uh so th- that is I, possible as well and we are, should are also really see some of the senior really ministers of state getting promoted. Yeah so the so you're talking about what so somebody was asking what about the 5G probably you'll see you'll see some of them being promoted as well I don't know whether full ministerial positions but you'll see some movements in that regard as well right uh yeah so foreign affairs yeah probably foreign affairs is something foreign affairs uh minister Vivian Balakrishnan has done a pretty good job I would say so the question is uh Will he move to a different portfolio? Will he stay, or will someone uh, take over him uh, in terms of uh, foreign affairs? Yeah. Uh, if if we really want to take this 4G leadership stamping their mark for the next general election very seriously, right? Then one could argue to say that you know uh, maybe we need a new minister of foreign affairs. Yeah. But that is that is dependent on, of course, like the numbers of senior hands retiring how many senior hands you want to still maintain in the cabinet to provide a guiding hand that sort of thing so i think that balance is uh definitely up to pmd to to decide yeah definitely definitely uh, i agree with you so so there's this uh, comment by piakra thoughts about lawrence's current position in the central executive committee which is quite low down according to piakra and the likelihood of him suddenly being put up at assistant secretary Well what I would say is uh because the CEC is really about about the party's own uh choices right and it tells us what the party is thinking and and it also is partly reflective of how 
Minister Lawrence Wong has almost accidentally been being put in this position because of COVID. I think without that, for sure, he wouldn't have been. I'm pretty confident. In fact, he wasn't even in the top two in the previous one, right? So, but now, because circumstances have changed, so the CEC position will change as well. But the fact that he wasn't in the top position showed that initially the party didn't think that he was going to be the Prime Minister. What do, what do you think, Alvin? Yeah, I think the CEC uh, of the AP is kind of like a separate body and separate uh, decision-making field, right? I think in Singapore, the real power lies within the cabinet. Uh, and the CC positions are kind of formalization of the uh, that power into the, the people's action party's hierarchy. Right. So, so uh, interesting because, because Bilvia Singh would say that the CEC is more important than the cabinet. That's that's interesting, yeah. <laughs> hey, so there's a there's a comment by Shout for Joy. Given this new line of criticism, uh, I missed this comment. So which line of criticism? Oh, oh so the, about the competence. How will WP and other opposition parties position themselves? I think we got to really see uh, the how the next cabinet lines up, right? Uh, and if they are given uh, a significant runway to stamp their mark on uh, different policies in Singapore. How the WP will line up, will, but I think the opposition parties will be pretty reactive uh, to whatever policies that the uh, PAP puts out. Like it or not, right. the PAP sets the agenda yeah. right, about Absolutely. what issues to solve throughout the rest of the calendar year. And Absolutely. so what WP can do is to respond as much, as, as best as they can in terms of providing new ideas, alternative ideas uh, to, to whatever PAP puts on the plate. Uh, right. the, it is very difficult for the opposition parties to drive the talk, to drive the agenda about what people discuss on a day-to-day basis. So uh, unfortunately, it would be pretty responsive. Yeah. So, so there's, a, there's a question by somebody you and I know, Elvin, Harry's Coffin, uh, and he said... Uh, he asks, how will Wong deal with growing desires for a more competitive political arena and democratic accountability? Will he also go after the WP and take a knuckle-dusters approach to opposition, right? So, um, I, I, I mean, I hope not. I hope not. I hope, I think even uh, Trevor earlier said uh, that this is one thing that he wishes. And I think post-GE 2020, right? Uh, Minister Shan and senior PAP leaders actually, I think, gave the right, made the right noises or sounds about how younger people think differently and we also need to move. And even uh, Dr. Shashi Jayakumar, whose book I think is an excellent book, The History of PAP, I really recommend it. I haven't it. actually read that. Oh, you haven't read it? Oh, it's, it's superb. As in, it's really a, a good documentation of the, of the book. And he, he mentioned that, you know, in G2020, he did see something different, right? It's not that the PAP has not, his, his popularity has not waned before, but the issues on which it, they were criticized, like with the justice and fairness, seem quite different in 2020, right? Uh, so I would say, I hope the 4G moves there, but I haven't seen anything in the past couple of years to, <laughs> uh, to think that they would, they would actually do it, right? In fact, you almost saw also during the, the whole thing with the, 
uh, COP and and Parliament, right? You saw even four G ministers trying to position themselves as as the hard man, hard woman, right? Uh, but again, that also could be partly because they're still in the shadow of the 3G, right? Uh, so once they're outside the shadow of the 4G, I mean, I hope, I hope that they will move there. Uh, I have not seen anything to suggest that, but you know, I always have hope. Uh, what do you think, Elvin? I think, uh, it, I don't think it's necessarily correct to say that there's growing desires for more competitive political era. Yeah, we shouldn't overstate that. Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't overstate that. I think that. Uh, a more nuanced, nuanced uh, approach would be, I think people are just are looking for a more fair playing field. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, for any kind of uh, electoral competition to proceed on a fair, uh, rules-based basis. Right? Yeah. Um, so there may be some negative campaigning that is kind of a fact of uh, political uh, political life, but maybe people are looking for a little bit less negative political campaigning, a little bit more competition based on the substance of policies uh, uh, rather than accusations of so-called integrity, so-called yeah. honesty. But of course, uh, at the end of the day, the PAP, I feel, has particular red lines and of course the, the the whole lying in parliament issue it was a red line which uh, the PAP would not uh, take lying down right yeah and I, I think I think rightly so right it's not it's not a trivial issue right lying in parliament I mean you can quibble I think both of us have said stuff on how the whole affair was handled after that but just on that particular issue itself I think I think a lot of reasonable people would not have an issue with taking a person who lies in parliament, no matter how good the intentions are. Right? Parliament is not coffee shop talk, right? It's not like, right. oh, you and I talking and then we just speak in hyperboles and so on. Yeah. So there are so right. many questions here and I see Kenneth uh, Paul Tan has joined us also. I don't know whether he wants to come on live. Uh, please, but uh, Prof. <laughs> Kenneth Paul Tan. Prof, please, yes, um, Prof Tan, if you want, if you want uh, please uh, join us. So, I, there's a question by Debbie. Uh, will the PAP just become more elitist? And do you think Lawrence Wong can come, can overcome this? And his background is also not too elitist, right? As in uh, Tanjong Katong Secondary, I believe. Was it Tanjong Katong Secondary? Yeah. Yes, so... Tanjong. I'm, I'm surprised that I checked the websites of Tanjong Katong Secondary and VJC and none of them had uh, Minister Lawrence Wong's face busted on the front page. Right, but they now, <laughs> now they will. I think they will, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, even before this, when he, so you saw he, he his picture wasn't even no, when his finance minister. Was Interesting. Not, not on the website. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh. So they should. Uh. So what? What do you think? Do you think this elitism is so in big? I don't think it's a matter of. Uh, PAP elitism per se. I think fundamentally, if you look at the candidates that the PAP puts up, right, maybe with Lawrence, uh, Minister Lawrence Wong at the helm, maybe they will put in a more interesting, diverse set of uh, candidates. Um, but of course, the people that they put up will still be people who will be doing well in society. 
uh, you know, lawyers, professionals, doctors, uh, people good in the private sector, public sector, so on and so forth. So, and we should welcome good people to join politics and join government, right? So, to that extent, like, you can't say that, oh, we bring in good people and therefore you could just call them elitists. I think right, that's right, a, right. Uh, so elites, elites do not mean elitist, right? Because elitist is a mindset more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And okay. so hopefully, uh, it is. It's not so much about the 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 type of people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, will so there there's a a cup. I don't know what Arvin's question is. Do you think they're emphasizing too much on the idea of a four G when we are already moving towards a five G world? Are we moving towards a 5G world? Like, what What's is this? What does world? this? What does this 5G world look like? <laughs> so I, I, I'm not sure whether I understand the question. So, will Lawrence Wong's Mandarin be a challenge? So that's one question. Then the other one is, will his uh, Malay be a problem? Because so far, all the ministers speak uh, very good Malay, right? And and Chan Chun Singh does speak uh, very good Malay as well, uh, as does Tan Chuan Jin, I think. Uh, so, will his language abilities uh, be a problem, Mandarin or Malay? I don't know what his language abilities are, actually, to be honest. Well, I did see uh, Minister Lawrence Wong participate in a Channel 8 talk show on uh, the budget. So, I think it was uh, good enough practice. Uh, was... It was good enough. It was acceptable. Uh, it not on your level. It, yeah, not, but, not as fluent as Minister Ong yeah. Kang, yeah, but, but good enough. Um, and language is something that you can always practice on yeah. uh, over, over time. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't see that as a, as a big issue. Yeah, I, I agree. And even, uh, even Malay, I think, which I think is it's not a criteria, right? But it's a very good language to have. Good if you're the Prime Minister have. in Singapore, uh, it's something that you can quite easily uh, pick up and train uh, for as well. Uh, so yeah, I don't think the language issue is is too big of a deal. I mean, it's this is an ad, is an ad, but I don't think it's a deal breaker or anything. So do you think it's a coincidence that the new leader of the four G team holds a portfolio as the finance minister? Well, yes, the finance minister is is one of the big five, but not all finance ministers go on to be prime ministers, right? There have been many prominent ones, right, including S M Taman, right, or even Heng Swee Keat, right, who didn't. Uh, go on to be uh, prime minister. So, so yes, the the cabinet position tells us something, but it doesn't tell us everything. Uh, Sophia Kras' follow up was uh, how have how has the soul searching process happened? What what has changed in the last couple of years? As I said, I haven't really seen haven't really seen that that change. Uh, in Actually, terms I, of I would differ. opening up. Yeah, carry on, carry on. So actually, I would say uh, in terms of uh, some progressive uh, social policies-wise, uh, they have made significant moves. Uh, such, so as, such as? In, in, two, in two areas. So number one, last year, there was uh, the Singapore Green Plan, and they were talking a lot about moving Singapore towards uh, carbon neutrality, moving towards a greener Singapore. And so that... I think would appeal to a lot of uh, environmentalists amongst the young uh, and people who care about climate change and things like that. Number two is uh, last year they designated Singapore as the year of the woman and this year they put out uh, a white paper on uh, 
uh, women's development in Singapore, and they also made a whole wide range of changes, significant changes to uh, the treatment of uh, sexual assault victims, uh, and uh, to put, uh, shift some uh, policies to strengthen the uh, strengthen women's position uh, in in all areas, right, in Singapore society. Yeah. So I think those two policies are significant substantive changes which they have uh, yeah. addressed from no, 2020. No, no, I agree with that. But I don't think that... Uh, so they have done that, but I don't think that reflects significant changes because those things were, not, were never critical to the PAP's legitimacy mm -hmm. or challenges in those areas were never going to be challenging to the PAP's legitimacy, right? So, so maybe to see a, whether there has been really substantive ideological movements, right? Um, whether, so race and religion, I think, is one. There's a, mm -hmm. The other one is the treatment of the opposition, right? So, and then, mm -hmm. and then we will see in the next uh, five years uh, what happens also, yeah. So, I think, uh, yeah, so you're yeah, right yeah. that you're right that these two uh, topics on uh, environment and on women's issues are not uh, really biting at PAP's core ideologies, right? But I think there are substantive enough changes that they will appeal to oh, voters yes. on the margin. Agreed, yes, I like, agree. They will so, appeal to voters yeah. on the margin that uh, could, have think, could be thinking about, well, voting for Workers' Party, but hey, PAP has made some changes in all these uh, areas, and so I might consider voting for Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I, I agree with that. Uh, Professor Terence Lee asked, uh, are we sharing, so uh, him and I, we, we co-authored an article which will be published soon uh, about uh, PAP and when, when does PAP or government substantively change. Uh, so, uh, if you want, Prof. Lee, I can send you a request and you can join this conversation as well. We'll make it a political science conversation. Oh, Terence Tan from the WP is here as well. So I'll invite him as well. <laughs> and then we'll see. Uh, it's, just, it's just a lepak session, essentially. Uh, and anybody else as well who wants to come on. And if you have any questions, feel, feel, feel free to, uh, to type them as well. All right. So, uh, when is going to be the next election, Elvin? Uh, I actually think that it will be probably twenty twenty five. I think uh, the if we are going to have a cabinet reshuffle, we should give the four G leadership some time to implement the policies that they want to to have these policies show some fruits, and they need maybe one or two years, right, to for for the policies to be implemented to show. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that that ideally should be the case as well. Uh, but I think it depends on how how risk-averse uh, or not risk-averse they are. Uh, but when PM Go took over in 1990, there was a general election in 1991. When PM Lee took over in 2004, there was a general election in 2006. And the PAP is also quite big on the... Oh, this is the mandate that the new uh, Prime Minister needs, right? Uh, which, to some extent, makes sense. If there's a new Prime Minister, I think it does make sense, right? Because it tells us how popular that, uh, that Prime Minister is with the people. So, 
if they are feeling really adventurous, <laughs> they may want to do that. But it's also strange if they were to do it. First of all, we don't know when Minister Lawrence Wong will be the PM, right? Uh, and second of all, if it's only one year after he becomes PM, and it's the year that the GST increase also takes place, and you know, and we don't know what what the court case uh, uh, with Pritam, how that will be, and how Pritam and Faisal, and then how the public will react to that, right? So, yeah, so it's it's quite a quite a strange. Uh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, if they did it next year or what, it'll be quite a strange move. Yeah, I think it will uh, definitely be a bit risk-taking if, it, if it's too early. So yeah. if you would ask me if I would advise PAB on how the timing of things, I would say cabinet reshuffle now. Uh, Year-end PAPCC elections have a new CC. In 2023, you have presidential elections. Uh, 2024, you have... Lawrence Wong become the Prime Minister, then 2025 you have the federal elections. Right? Oh, that so is that, if you that is if you want the Prime Minister transition to be right. to be before so, the elections. So, so that will be your, your advice. So my advice will be the first view the same. Uh, but uh, don't let PM Lee take over, uh, lead the lead the team for the next election. Uh, okay. And then hand yeah. over almost immediately, right? And then give, or like one year or what, and then give him four years, you know, to come into his own. Right? So have elections in 2025 with PM Lee still? Yeah, all 2024. Still. Yeah, all 2024 with PM Lee still there, right? Because, by the way, we are not, we are not paid by the PAP or anything. <laughs> <like that. laughs> We're just guessing. We're We're just just guessing. Guess. We also don't know whether they are listening or what. But if they are, I think this is what I would say, right? So, uh, it would make more sense to do that, and also if they are listening, I would say that I do. I do feel that uh, there is more of an appetite for this fairness and justice thing, and I I do think that's something that the four G especially, but the three G also need uh, need to really bear in mind that I don't think they can get away with uh, harshness towards the opposition and even not just the opposition critics in society right, as they used to in the past. Uh, yeah, it could be because of society is changing, or it could be also because um, they are not seen like Lee Kuan Yew had a certain aura to him that can let him get away with a lot of these things, right? Uh, and it remains to be seen whether the 4G has that as well, right? Yeah. So if you do I, not I have, think, yeah. I think if there's some uh, criticism or pushback or some basically use of stick against the opposition, I think people would expect that as a normal uh, course of politics. But if that stick is too big of a stake, if the PAP comes down too harsh, it seems as disproportionate to whatever the opposition transgressions yeah. may be, the disproportionate uh, maneuver will probably not be seen, seen well by, by the current uh, Public, uh, because the, the masses, uh, Singapore masses now are much more educated. Uh, they are much more well connected on social media. Uh, what uh, there's a lot of uh, thing memes can go viral very easily, and you, you know when memes go viral, uh, the the people can always read into the subtext. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, the best example, GE3220, like uh, Hing Sui Kat's East Coast plan going viral and people just cutting the video, right? And I think that damaged him irreversibly. I mean, I, I, I don't think he could have become PM after that and after the results as well. Uh, so yeah, so hopefully uh, they do listen to this and hit, <laughs> hit our, our suggestions, right? Anything else you wanted to say, Alvin? No, nothing. I, I should give the opportunity to other people to speak. Okay, okay. Thank you so much, Alvin. Yeah. I'll just uh, wrap up the session for a couple of minutes. If, unless there's somebody who wants to come on. If you want to come on, you just send me a request and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll accept you. Otherwise, I'll just wrap up the, question, uh, the session and maybe take a couple of questions. So would the TC Kosong plan uh, win East Coast? So this, you're referring to uh, Dr. Maliki's session online? The TO online or whatever it was uh, online? Uh, I mean, there are so many moving parts, right? Because one of the things that was promised to East Coast voters was that the next prime minister would be, uh, they would be voting for the next prime minister, right? So what happens then in the next election? So they probably would have to send uh, an important enough figure as well. Or depending on what is DPM Hing's uh, next cabinet position. Uh, so, oh, you're talking about, oh, Tessie, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Nicole, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, so, so I'll get to that. Uh, that's, that's her favorite drink, right? Uh, and I think there's, there's a lot of moving parts there. And we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. But it really depends on... The WP team, I think, will be a strong team. It depends on what is the what is the team that the PAP chooses to send, and what is the who is the heavyweight minister there, and DPM Hing, how heavyweight of a minister will he be in the next election, as in in the next cabinet, and therefore in the next election. So I think it does uh, it does uh, matter. Yeah, so East Coast plan, uh, there's somebody who asked, what's the East Coast plan? Well, yeah, um, who knows what the East Coast plan was, but <laughs> the the East Coast plan became viral because of what uh, the DPM Hing's uh, uh, mistake, I would say, you know, when he was uh, speaking during, it, it seemed like he was a bit, not a bit, it, it seemed like he was woefully unprepared for, for that uh, hustings uh, during nomination day. All right, so if there is nobody who would like to come on, final call, I'll just end off in a while. And I just wanted to see, basically, there are four, four main, uh, main issues, right, that I would look out for. So one is when is the next GE, right? And uh, other than when uh, Minister Lawrence Wong is going to take over SPM, and then when is the next GE, and who leads the next? Are they going to do the transition? They're going to do the handover before? Uh, before the um, GE or are they going to do it after the GE, right? Uh, so do you think that the GRC Lawrence Wong is assigned to will change given his new position or has the PAP learned their lesson with DPM Heng's reassignment at GE 2020? So I don't know what is the lesson because that was a, already a strange move uh, to begin with DPM Heng moving over from Tampines to East Coast. Uh, there's probably, and maybe maybe time will tell. Probably there's something more to that because that was quite a quite a strange 
move to begin with. But it is normal that the PAP, the prime ministerial candidate, uh, it is normal that they would uh, remain in a stronghold of theirs, right? Uh, and I don't see that that will happen or uh, that will change. So they would probably, Lawrence Wong would be in a GRC that is much more winnable than East Coast. I think that that is pretty much certain. Would a GE happen before the presidential election? I mean, it's unlikely, but I don't know. I don't have any inside information or anything. Uh, do, you, do you see them scrapping GRCs altogether? No, I mean, they will not scrap the GRCs, of course. Uh, uh, would, would they shrink them to three-member constituencies? I hope so. I hope they would, uh, because the constitution, it's three to, three to six, right? Uh, persons in a GRC. So I do hope that uh, they would, uh, they would uh, do that. Now, this is an interesting question by Trevor. Would recapturing Sengkang be a top, top priority of Lawrence? I don't see why it should. Uh, and in fact, uh, the the move uh, to okay, well, Law, Amrin's and Ng Chiming's move moving out of Sengkang right also tells us that probably Sengkang is not the utmost priority. I, I was a bit surprised uh, that uh, Amrin and Ng Chiming are not uh, going to stay there and contest that, uh, and they've sent in a new a new team. So I don't think recapturing Sengkang would be a top priority, or at least at the moment, it's, I, from the movements, I do not see it being a top priority in the first place. Okay. So, so the first thing, as I said, uh, before I answer the questions, the first thing is when the GE happens. The second thing is what happens to the, to the quote-unquote the losers, right? Ong Ye Kang, Chan Chun Seng, right? Uh, and I think a lot the example examples of other countries. It's very common, very common that regimes fall because of elite splits. So, and I think the PAP knows this very, very well, better than I do. So they would try their very best to ensure that this doesn't happen. And it's extremely important to get uh, Chan Chun Seng on Ong Ye Kang. Uh, really, really sold on the idea as well, or at least uh, to the extent that it's possible. Uh, and it could include, uh, it could mean giving them really important positions in the next cabinet, right? So just that they stay on site. Right? So what happens to uh, PM Lee? I think he's going to be a senior minister in the next cabinet. Uh, and I, as I said earlier, I think uh, many Singaporeans probably would welcome that as well. Uh, it does seem to me from my own interactions, Singaporeans have a far better perception of the 3G than 4G and, and therefore they would appreciate some stability. Uh, that, that, so the second point is what happens to the losers. I think this is a crucial point. And, and somebody may say, oh, but they never wanted the PM role in the first place. They wanted it, right? <laughs> if any, th any of the three didn't want, right, they would have just said it long ago that I didn't want to be PM. And by the way, I have no problems with them wanting to be PM as well. I think it's a good thing. I think any politician worth their salt should want to be PM. Uh, but of course, there will be inevitably disappointment and so on. Uh, so it's important to get them on site and on board. So the fourth, uh, the third point is the 3G in 4G. Uh, as I said, PM Lee probably will stay on. I think Minister Shan probably will stay on as well, probably as GPM as well. Uh, 
Uh, and the final point that I wanted to uh, mention was the direction, uh, the change in direction on on the on the two issues I talked about, where it's a bit more costly uh, ideologically for them, where they have to move uh, more significantly, right? Uh, such as race and religion, and have more openness and uh, be kinder or less aggressive to the or less draconian. Uh, to the opposition, and I think uh, these are the four main issues that I think we should uh, we should look out for. I'm I'm definitely looking out for. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> All right, everyone. It's been sixty six minutes, so I'll just end this here. And thank you for joining for this impromptu session. So I'll see you guys. I don't have a next episode planned anytime soon. Uh, but hopefully somewhere in May or June. All right. Bye-bye. You can say bye-bye. So, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.